So on we go, day, I'm guessing, day 46. Is that right? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but we are edging towards conclusions or decisions, should I say. Conclusion in Scotland, congratulations to everybody involved with Celtic who are champions once again. That, Andy, is nine. I can see you looking sternly at me. No, that is no, nine and no. Listen, what can I say? The decision has been made. Yes. It would be nice if it had been played out. It wasn't. It's not Celtic's fault. It's not anybody's fault. No. They've won nine in a row. It's just up to us to make sure it's not a ten. And Budge and Hearts, of course, uh, not, not as not happy. Uh, uh, happy as uh, I, I'm suggesting I am for Celtic. Um, they're going to sue. But, I, I mean, this is going to happen. If you, if you call a halt, somebody's going to be upset. There are no perfect solutions. No. Um, Premier League continue to discuss. Um, I think next... Tuesday, Thursday, we're going to I'm enter. I'm hoping. I think the, I tell you what the worst thing for me is, Richard, and, I, and I'm sure for the guys involved in the game, is that there has no decision been made. Make it or don't make it. I think May the 28th. You know my decision? I don't know what we're trying to achieve now. I know. Call it off. Move on. Get ready for August. Well, if we can, middle of August, play on. That's I mean, Oliver Dowden, culture secretary. Come on, what planet's he living on? It'll stop people going out in the middle of June. No, it won't. Oliver, have you heard of technology? People will go out and watch football matches with mates in parks, on laptops and, 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 and iPads and, and phones. I mean, this is just naivety. Anyway, it's not going to be thrown out. Spying squad, back page of the mail. Snoops are drafted in by the Premier League ridiculous. to ensure clubs don't bend I'm new sorry. rules of training today. This is another example of the madness that I'm talking about. But Troy do you Deeney. Do you think players are going to, even if the coaches or the club say to right, want you to perform in a group today? No, I'm sorry. No, they're not going to well, do it. Well, Troy Deeney, no answers to our simple questions, says Troy. Uh, I, 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 listen, this is where I think it'll flounder. Players probably won't. Um, referring to the added risks to black and minority ethnic players, Deeney said, government guidelines say it's four times more likely for people of colour to get the illness and twice as likely to have lasting illnesses, but there's no screening. There's no additional checks being done on any player as it costs too much. Simple things like that are not being answered. That makes you start to panic. Yeah, I get it. Uh, Nigel Clough, what, what an honourable man. Nigel yeah, Clough and his coaching staff walk away from Burton to try and help with club finances. I said earlier, I didn't think that was necessarily the reason Graham Jones had left Luton, Andy. In this case, I do. When he got this job four and a half years mm -hmm. ago, he'd agreed to come and spend the weekend with us. Got the job on the Monday, yeah. took training Tuesday and Wednesday, told the chairman I'll take it as long as I can fulfil the date in Qatar with the boys, yeah. and, and came out here. Yeah. And team fortunately played. for us, his <laughs> team won that weekend, <laughs> which was great news yeah. for everybody. Uh, uh, Premier League players face a 14-day hotel isolation, according to The Telegraph today. Premier League clubs will have to consider isolating players for up to 14 days in hotels before matches resume with an inspector to be appointed for every training ground to make sure strict rules are followed. That's a different version of uh, we're snooping. Mm. Um, Pochettino, free to take a football club. His gardening leave has officially ended. That's interesting. Yeah, very that interesting. interesting. Yeah, keep a few boys on mm -hmm. their toes. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, Barney Roney today, terrific piece in The Guardian. I haven't got time to read it all with you, but a really good piece. Uh, he asks the question, sporting integrity, please. Uh, I, I mean, I'm with him there. Martin Lipton in The Sun. Um, oh, I shouldn't have said that. No, don't say that. Martin Lipton in the newspaper that I don't often mention. Yes. Um, May the 28th is D-Day. That's it. Uh, Premier League stall on big decisions with question marks now over restart hopes. Ver I said this yesterday, Martin, very well connected. Uh, somebody to follow. 
Um, and, and European football, Andy. This is another consideration no one yet has, has spent much time thinking about. European football faces a renewed threat, according once again to that same newspaper, after government ministers vetoed a bid to exempt sports stars from travel quarantine. Well, how do you play European football matches? Why can't they, why can't they be exempt? I'm just asking a question. I, I don't know. Right, if you, if you're a, Maybe if they you're, can. If I, you're I, Paris Saint-Germain, for instance, right, and you have to go and play someday in Italy, south of Well, Italy. it'll be here, probably, if Paris play. Well, what I'm saying is, yeah, if you go, have to go and play in Italy, for instance, right? I'm guessing that everybody who's travelling with Paris Saint-Germain will be COVID-19 free when they get on that plane, which would be obviously theirs and no I, one I, else's. I, I, I they know. would fly into the country, they would go to the hotel in safety. I mean, it's, I don't know why that is then, that they can't just be exempt from quarantine. I'm not uh, sure. But... Dave Kidd today, for 28 years, uh, they have grown fat in a mutual feeding frenzy. Uh, the incestuous union between Premier League and Sky Sports, one of the uh, broadcasters in England has altered the face of English football beyond recognition. It has. And he's asking the question, how now then can Sky be demanding a £330 million rebate from the clubs, mm. even if they finish the season? Well, we're only finishing it, in my view, so that, so that the money that, that is apparently owed is paid, paid over. Yeah. So if you're asking for a £330 million rebate, why? Season officially ended yesterday. It did. We were a week early. No, no, days no, yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. So we're now into the off-season. I, 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 I can't get my head oh, around all of this. Man, Maybe someone that can is our guest today. <laughs> I'm, I'm really chuffed to bits that he's uh, said he'll join us. And that is the Leicester City manager, Brendan Rodgers, from lockdown. Until yes. later this afternoon, Brendan, are you going to work? Uh, well, we actually weren't hired, guys. Hi, hi Brendan. Um, yeah, we were actually in testing uh, yesterday, uh, and then we get the results through from that today, and then yeah, and then I'll, I'll go in a bit later on this afternoon. <laughs> Are you uh, excited about seeing the boys again, or a little anxious, a little nervous, or, or all three? No, I, I think I'd been in a few days last last week, Andy. The, okay. the players have, have been in doing individual work. Um, the club have done an incredible job in relation to getting and, and passing all the sort of health and safety protocols mm. you know so uh, so that was nice to get in and see them obviously at a distance um, and I think now they're just looking forward to to getting back uh, but of course there's going to be slow steps over these sure. next few weeks to make sure everything is safe and uh, and well. What's I, been, sorry. sorry Andy are, are you are you hearing concerns from players along the lines of those that Troy Deeney has expressed Brendan? Not from my own group, Richard. I think that we, we've had a lot of communication over these last numbers of weeks. You know, that that is the one thing that we've had with the board here, with the players, captain, vice-captain. And then we had a we had a big Zoom call there on Sunday, knowing just the sort of last time we'd be together before coming back in. And uh, and I think everyone wants to give it a go. But I can totally understand why why players might be a little bit concerned and worried um, but and of course you have to respect that. But certainly from our perspective at Leicester, the players are, are willing to to come in. This you know they know they're going to come into a safe environment. Like I said, the club have put together a really really um, fantastic facility. You know, all as safe and as secure as possibly can be. And like I say, they're willing, like as staff as well, to to give it a go and and see how we go over these next few weeks. What's been the most difficult thing for you, Brendan, as a, a Premier League coach in these last nine weeks? 
Is it doing nothing or what? What's been difficult? What's the most difficult? Well, I think purely, I think there's been, there's opportunities there, mm -hmm. Andy, to do other things, you know, and mm -hmm. your fitness and study and, and reading. I think it's just that contact with the, with the players and the staff. You know what football's like, it's very structured. You're coming in every day and you're seeing people, you have mm -hmm. that emotional connection with people. Um, that contact, everything, and then all of a sudden, it, uh, it it's gone, you know. And obviously, you're trying to keep in contact uh, with players, whilst also trying to give them that bit of space as mm. well. Um, so, so yeah, you, you miss that, you miss that connection, uh, because that's what the game's about, and it's what leadership's about. It's about emotionally hooking with players and people and. Uh, and that that's the biggest thing that you, you miss in it all. So that's why it was it was mm. great yesterday to see them all back yeah, in. Yeah, you. Um, and uh, we, uh, like I said, be able to at least have that communication. I sense, Brendan, you're very comfortable at Leicester. Have you found the right club? It's not about the, uh, Well, I say it's not about the right club, but I've always tended to go to clubs where... Um, you know, I think it can have good relations with the players and good relations with the board. And and I felt that this was a club that uh, would give me the possibility of, of, of the, the challenge of taking a club into the top six, uh, Richard. I think that's not a professional and, and throughout my, my career, you know, my my overall aim was to get to a thousand games uh, as a manager. And, uh, and I knew that wasn't going to be at one club. And that's because that's the way the modern game works. But... Uh, <laughs> But I had some incredible moments and unforgettable moments at Celtic and then coming into the Premier League it was to get to a club that uh, obviously had a certain level of ambition and, and of course you know it's, it's not one of the top six clubs but the big challenge was could we take a club in there and for me I've, I've absolutely loved it. Players have been great, there's ambition you know with, with the club. We can never compete financially with what would be the top six but but we can be competitive. We move to a new training ground later on in the summer, uh, which will be one of the best in the world. So, uh, so yeah, it, it's been a great fit. But Brendan, you're just over a year into into, into Leicester, being at Leicester. So, and you, as you say, you had ambitions when you went there. You thought you could take them to where they went. But has it surprised even you, the level at what you and the players have got to this season? Well, I think it's been a... The consistency has been mm. been great to, to see, Andy. The um, you know up until Christmas we were on a, a great run. Mm. Obviously, after Christmas there's challenges with the young squad, um, but any bumps that we've had, we've been able to get over that. Um, it, it's always refreshing what when you work with a, a group of players. It's very similar to the, the Celtic group here at Leicester, yeah. where so hungry to learn. Uh, they want to be better, they want to improve, but then you also have um, senior players who are top-class professionals, and that always helps. So, uh, so yeah, it's, I wouldn't like to say surprise because we, we, we've, we've done a lot of hard work, and, uh, both on the pitch and off the pitch, but, uh, but it's always nice and mm. whenever you see the, the fruits of your work being yeah. produced consistently. It, 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 it was a lively dressing room, Brendan, prior to your arrival. They had, of course, previously won a title, but one or two had struggled. How have you found 
Or what is the recipe that you found to calm things and get Leicester competing, not just top six, but top four again? Well, that was one of the, uh, the ideas of coming in, uh, Richard, that I felt that there, was a, that there was a really good base there of players, both young and, and senior players. And, and of course, they've gone through a really, really difficult period, obviously, after winning the, the league, which was, you know, arguably the greatest yeah. story yeah. In, yeah. In, in any mode yeah. of sport. Yeah. You know. um, that, that, that was absolutely incredible. And then there are a few years after that that was difficult. And then you had the incredible sadness overcome the club with the, the passing of Convicti. So... So you sensed it, I think we all sensed it from the outside looking in that there was a real shadow over it and it must have been mm. very, very difficult for the players and for Claude Foyle at the time and everyone involved at Leicester. Um, what I tried to do coming in was was try to shine the light on his legacy and what we could create from that. And of course, then it was coming in and, and having a clear vision of how we wanted to work but with always the, the backdrop of Kunvichai there, because his presence, you, you really sense it when you come into the club. I think we all seen it from the outside looking in, but definitely when you come into the club, the effect they had on every single person was absolutely remarkable. And what I wanted to do was to, to, to use that as a cause for us going forward um, and, uh, and, and ensuring that we're, we're making sure that his legacy is a really positive one and, and shine the light on it rather than uh, make it a dark cloud. Um, a cu couple of things that I can't avoid asking, Brendan. One is, do, do you look back with some regret that you didn't complete that last season at Celtic? Should you have done? Well, there's been plenty of opinions on it, whether I should have or <laughs> should have. I know that, I know that's um, <laughs> listen, it, it's one, there, there can be a narrative around either way, uh, Richard, you know, You'll have people say that uh, I should have stayed on. Uh, there's some people say, yeah, I can see why he's left. But ultimately, I, I had to make a decision. And, and in these types of things, even though I, I, I'm an emotional coach, I, I like to work with people and I have brilliant relations with everyone at, at Celtic. I felt that I'm, I'm, I'm unsentimental in a way where I felt that the team is in a great position from where when we came in where we were leaving the, the club with seven trophies, records that we broke, the stadium's full again, uh, and, and the team in a, in a, in a winning mentality. Uh, I felt that leaving with eight points to go, with already a cup in place, that they could go on and, and, and finish the league. And then coming to Leicester would allow me the chance to really assess them under pressure. So I think every a lot of coaches, and even myself, might have said that, listen, Ideal time would be pre-season, but that period at the end of the season at Leicester City was invaluable for me because yeah. I could see the players under pressure and then I could then get ready in the summer to then have a, a real crack at it this year. So, um, listen, for me, I, I made the decision. Of course, it was very, very difficult because, like I said, I had some unforgettable experiences at Celtic. I grew up as a Celtic supporter, uh, but this is my professional life. And uh, and we know how football is. It can be a ruthless business, and oh, it is, yeah. and uh, you know. So I felt it, it was uh, it was the, the time to, to to move on. Neil's come in and done a fantastic job. He knows the club. He knows he knew a lot of the players. 
and, uh, and their success has continued, which I'm absolutely mm. delighted for. Yeah. Uh, now, here's another one. This is your turn um, rather than mine. I got sent this this week. Uh, you did? We, we, yeah, we all have to live and die by opinions. Yes. Um, Richard Keyes says Stephen Gerrard is the victim of a Brendan Rodgers plot that drove him out of Liverpool. <laughs> now, did you get that this week? I, I, that got sent to me this week. Who yeah. from? Uh, an unnamed source. Oh, right. Um, okay. Th th that is an opinion that I held at the time. It is one that I, I don't think that um, our guest today shares. Um, before you answer, before you, before you get your chance to answer, Brendan, can I just say, if he wasn't, he should have been the previous year, and then he would never have slipped over. Uh -huh. Good thing. That's very harsh. Yeah. Very that harsh. is harsh. <laughs> that is very harsh, Brendan. Absolutely. Harsh. Absolutely harsh. So, what is the answer to um, the misinformed opinion then? Well, I think, Richard, as always, in football and media <laughs> speculation, there's always stories around everything, isn't there? So, yes. um, now, listen, Stephen was Stephen was brilliant for me in my my time there, especially those first couple of years. You know, he uh, he was toward the latter stage of his career, and uh, yeah, he was he was first class for me. So, uh, despite what you uh, what. You'd said at the time. Uh, <laughs> quite right, Brendan. Give him a rap. He deserves that. Yeah. Unfortunately, it wasn't quite true. But uh, listen, it's it's something that you become used to, don't you, Andy? And oh, yes. in this game, and there's so many stories and gossip and speculation. And like I say, uh, it was uh, it was interesting when I read that. Yeah, well, I, I, obviously, obviously, Brendan, I'm, I'm grateful to you for having placed it to one side, but I did think we should bring it up, and I did think that you deserve the, the right to answer. Listen, people don't forget, you know, managers don't forget. <laughs> that, they've got long memories, these boys, so trust me. <laughs> Brendan, let me ask you, let me ask you talking about Liverpool. You, you, you've, you've coached when you were rising through places like Reading, like Swansea. You then get Liverpool... And then you've got Celtic, another giant of a club. But what has been the biggest difference for you as a coach in managing Liverpool to anyone else that you've coached? There must be a difference. It's interesting, Andy, because it's. I think in terms of Liverpool, is, especially from my journey through, hmm. you know, I arrived in there at 39 as a manager and... Um, yeah, and, and just straight away, the, the spotlight on, on Liverpool is huge, you know. Um, and obviously, what, the time that I'd gone in there, Liverpool had just finished eighth mm -hmm. in, the, in the Premier League. So, they'd been out of the Champions League for, for five-odd seasons. So, there was a real big uh, hope that, that that we could build something that could allow the club to get mm. back into the Champions League again. And considering at that time, you know what football's like, we're one of the big clubs and you're out of it for that period of time then of course your budget and everything else starts to be affected and that's that's how it was you know we when i arrived in there we, we had to uh, we, we had to cut the budget and, and a lot some of the, the players that were there had to be moved on but mm. i just think overall the whole spotlight on liverpool is huge you know wherever you travel around the world yeah uh, it's it's a real iconic club you know, I never forget going to to Australian pre-season, and uh, and we were we were playing in Melbourne in the MCG, the the, the big cricket place, and it was absolutely phenomenal. You had ninety six and a half thousand supporters there, and every one of them was Liverpool. It was absolutely incredible. It was, and um, so it, it's it's an incredible club. 
with, with of course big pressures because oh, the spotlight's yeah. on. You have to win every game. Uh, Celtic in another way, Andy, like you know, we've yeah. been at Rangers. You know, another club, a game with a spotlight. You know, mm-hmm. a, a big institution. Um, maybe doesn't have the spotlight quite on us so much in terms of the league. Yeah. But but you, you know what what uh, what Celtic and Rangers are like in terms yeah. of the, the the intensity of of both of those. Um, so so different pressures, but both but both clubs with with a big pressure on. Them. I have to say, Brendan, and this is a, another opinion I have expressed. I think you chose brilliantly on leaving Liverpool. You had to get that right. You could have made a calamitous error and you wouldn't have been in a position to make a decision whether to, to leave mm-hmm. and take the Leicester job or not. It was the right club at the right time. But just go back to Anfield again. Um, do you think, looking back, if you'd settled for a point against Chelsea, you wouldn't have had to go chasing at Crystal Palace and ultimately you would have won that title? I think, Richard, it, 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 we, we were just taking each game at a time. Um, we were playing the game how we we had been playing. You think we we were going into that game on the back of an eleven game uh, winning run? The team was really high mm. in confidence, and, and actually for seventy minutes of that game, we we'd actually played very very well. Yeah, you did. Um, mm. You know, but we we just couldn't get the goal. But it wasn't the case of chasing it. It was that was the that was the type of team that we were. We were a front foot team, a really aggressive team, and that was our strength. You know, and if you look at that 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 season, we, it was the first time I think in, in in the top flight that Liverpool had scored over 100 goals. So yeah. that's what was given as an opportunity. Um, just really unfortunate what happened. We 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 stayed in just before half time, and then probably as the game then went on, from 70 minutes onwards, we we just needed a goal. We we, we could have drew the game, but we just couldn't uh, we just couldn't get the goal. And of course, that bit of anxiety team was really young uh, and we just couldn't quite make the breakthrough make the breakthrough mm. the Crystal Palace game was with all due respect it, it was irrelevant in terms of Chelsea game was the one that really, really yeah, of course. yeah absolutely you know, absolutely you know, going <coughs> I into, think you... going into, sorry Brandon sorry, going, I was just going to say going into the Palace game you know we uh, we played well in the first half but, but I sensed in that game that we were actually trying to chase the goals because yeah. now it was all going to be a goal difference. Um, and as, you know, I, I mentioned at half time, just we win this game. Forget about trying to chase goals and score because that's what we were we were good at. Just let's just win the game. And then very quickly into the second half, it went two 0 and three 0 and you just sense the momentum of the the team. You know, um, what was what was looking to get. Looking to get the goal, but we were really mm. comfortable in the game and played well in the game. And then, of course, the last ten minutes was, was crazy. But I never—that wasn't the—that uh, wasn't the, the game that, that cost us. It was—it was a Chelsea game at home. And if we don't get this season finished, Brendan, have Liverpool done enough to be given the title? Yeah, I, I believe so. They've been the the, the best team consistently yeah. in the country, and I think they deserve it absolutely. They've been. They've been first class. The level of consistency um, and, and the level that they've played at, you know, it'd be an absolute crying shame if they weren't awarded the title. They've got two games to to go to to win, and if we get back playing, I'm pretty sure that they would they would do that. But there's absolutely no doubt 
that they deserve it. I, it's just a real, real shame if they do get the title that they can't share it with the uh, mm. with the supporters how you normally would because, like I said, they've been waiting so long. And, and I knew going into the last week of the season, I was there when we when we finished runners up because you've got to go through the whole preparation. Yeah. Because going into the last game of the season, we actually still could have won it. So that was the, the hard aspect of it. You you were still being prepared by the Premier League that if you win it, this is what will happen. You know, <laughs> so uh, on pitch side and everything else. But um, mm. but there's no doubt they deserve it, Richard. Absolutely. Uh, two things. First of all, thank you for um, <coughs> yes, putting the record you. straight and uh, my apologies. If yes, yep. well done, Brian. I'm delighted you gave him a wrap this morning. Well done. <laughs> no, no, just, just a little tech of land. And you, we, we've moved to a place where you were kind enough to join us today. And for that, honestly, really um, uh, eternally grateful. Thank you very much, my friend. It's, it's yeah, been thank fantastic, you, Brendan. Brendan. And, and yeah, listen, good, good luck. Good luck with back training. And hopefully everything will go well and everyone will be safe. Brilliant. Well done, guys. And Andy, I just got to say, listen, it was, I thought it was great timing to join as well as a Celtic man to a Rangers man. Uh, yes. Nine in a row. So yes. Get off. Get off. <laughs> We've had enough. <laughs> thank you, Brendan. Thanks, Brendan. Yeah, thanks, Brendan. <laughs> I knew he'd get it. In. I knew he would get it. In. Absolutely, sensitive. And by I the way, knew. remarkable recollection—not just of that season, but but games, minutes, moments. Sensational. Um, but, but, honestly. Listen. That's football people. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. But just—it's like a golfer. You speak to a golfer, he will tell you every golf shot he's played. Yeah, Nick Faldo never filled his card in. Uh -huh. Nick Faldo would play a round of golf and fill the card in when he came off. And I used to say to myself, <laughs> "How, how can you do that?" Because they play golf differently to the way we play. Yes, my, they do. My nines and sixes and sevens would. Oh would, no, would you've, have... you've not got many nines <laughs> in your card these days, son. In fact, you've not got anything in your card these days. <laughs> no. We're back here tomorrow. Be in sports, same time, same place. YouTube, you know exactly where to find us now if you're viewing internationally. Uh, thank you for your company today. And we repeat, as ever, we always say it. Stay safe, everyone. See you tomorrow. <laughs>